This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Hi, everyone. I hope you are all surviving and in good health and doing okay despite everything that is going on in the world right now. I am currently entering into week two of self-isolation with the kids and Scott up in Whistler. And well, it's been interesting. Let's just say, (laughs) I mean, it's been everything that you can imagine. It's been frustrating in times. I feel very grateful that we're actually at home and that I'm not, you know, working in the hospitals right now. I feel so much gratitude to those individuals who are. I have moments when I think I'm going to scream because somebody's been touching me for the last, you know, 14 hours and I've heard the word mama 500 times. And then I have moments when I actually don't want it to end because I know that there will never be a time like this when so much of the world is pressing pause. And when I get to spend this amount of quality time with my kids doing the most simple things like baking, and we spent about two hours one day this week at a frozen lake throwing rocks into the lake trying to break the ice. I mean, these are things I never really spent a lot of time doing before. And I recognize the gift that I have in those moments. So feeling all the feels. And I have a feeling that you are too. I wanted to create this specific episode because I have had such an outpouring of women who are saying that their anxiety is at an all-time high. I've had women saying they never understood what anxiety was until right now. I know that there are so many people on the front line who are having to show up to work despite having massive levels of anxiety about what's either happening in their work right now or what is to come. There's so much unknown and so much change, which are both breeding grounds for anxiety. I'm somebody who has struggled with feelings of anxiety for really as long as I can remember. I mean, I don't think I knew that it was called anxiety when I was a teenager, but I was definitely feeling it regardless as to whether or not I could label it at the time. And I struggled with it until my early 20s when I did find some reprieve for many years. And then I found that after having my second baby, my daughter Brooklyn, my anxiety came back full force and I went back to work with a therapist. I had to really focus back on a lot of the basics that are fundamental to supporting our nervous system during that time. And so I've really learned a lot about anxiety through my own experiences and then of course through studying it as a health coach and reading about it and exploring it with my own clients. So I wanted to share a list with you today of 10 ways that you can reduce anxiety and find a place of calm amidst everything that is happening in the world. So grab a notebook, grab a tea, and let's dive in. I want you to have tons of takeaways from this episode that you can start applying to your life right now. Let's go. Number one is to find your breath. 
find your breath. This is the one constant thing that you have in your life. It was there with you from the moment you were born and it will be there until your very last breath. It is the one thing that is constant in our life when everything else feels a little crazy. So one of my favorite breathwork tools is called the 557 breath. And to do it, all you're going to do is breathe in for a count of five, hold your breath for a count of five, and then breathe out for seven. So breathe in for five, hold for five, and breathe out for seven. This form of breathwork helps our nervous system feel more calm. So our nervous system is broken into our sympathetic system, which is our fight or flight response, and our parasympathetic system, which is that rest and digest response. Now, both of these are absolutely necessary to our normal human functioning. We need the stress response. We need the rest response. But sometimes our sympathetic nervous system can turn on even when we're not actually in a threatened state. And if it's on for too long, it can start causing some issues. A little bit is fine. We need it in order to function. So don't get stressed about being stressed. (laughs) But if it's on for too long, we can start to notice that we fatigue easily. We can have developed heart conditions. We might have increase in headaches or digestive issues. Some people experience weight gain. So there's a number of things that can start to factor in if our stress response is on for too long. The 557 breath mimics the breath of an individual who is calm. So it helps us to turn our parasympathetic nervous system, that rest, digest space where we can think logically, where our body is healing, it helps to turn that on. So ideally, you want to do about 10 rounds of the 557 breath. What's great about this tool is that you can do it while the kids are jumping on you. You can do it while you're preparing dinner. You can do it while you're scrolling social media if you must. You don't need to be sitting in a meditation mat or in a dark room or lying down. You can use it at any point throughout the day. And it's almost going to trick your nervous system into thinking things are all good. This is one small piece of the puzzle, but it really works. So try doing a few of the 557 breaths as you continue to listen to me speak on the podcast. Number two is to balance your blood sugar levels. When our blood sugar levels are going up and down and up and down, it's putting an increased amount of stress on our body. And when we're in this anxious state, we really want to be doing everything that we can to support and nourish our body. So some ways that we can balance our blood sugar levels are eating food every two to three hours, so never letting those glucose levels completely deplete in our body. And ideally, you want to add in some protein wherever possible. Protein is harder for our body to break down, so it ensures that you have those glucose levels in your body a little bit longer. You also want to choose foods that aren't going to spike your blood sugar levels, like candy and cookies and white breads. And I know a lot of you have been grabbing those types of things this week. I get it because the reality is that when we're in these stressful situations, we're going to look and crave for foods that are going to soothe us, that are going to make us feel better. So obviously we go for the candy and the treats and the cookies and all the things that are going to give us that instant jolt that make us feel good. 
The only problem is, is that when we have that, we're going to have a sugar level crash after, which starts putting us on this roller coaster ride of our blood sugar levels. And that can also really trigger and amplify anxiety. Another thing that you can do to balance those blood sugar levels is to drink enough water. So I would recommend just writing down on a piece of paper, drink X amount of water, whether it's eight cups or whether you're being more specific, whatever you want to hit. And as you drink that water, put a little check mark beside the list. And that will help give you feelings of accomplishment as you get it done. Last but not least is to move your body. Move your body. So whether you are stuck at home or still able to kind of get outside to enjoy nature a little bit, if you can go for a walk or do yoga or jump on your Peloton or sign on for an online class, I've created a blog post which provides the names of five companies that are providing free online workouts right now. So you can go check that out. There are so many ways to move your body. And as we do, we're going to get all those feel-good chemicals and hormones pulsing through our body, and that's going to increase and boost your mood and decrease the amount of anxiety that you feel. So moving your body is so pivotal. If you can do it every single day during this period of time, it will benefit you tenfold. Number three is to consume media with caution. Consume media with caution. Has anyone else found over the last two weeks they've been on their phone and reading news more than ever before, right? It's wild how when things like this are going on in the media, we almost become addicted to receiving that constant inflow of information. However, when the media is stressful and fear-based and inducing anxiety in us, it is so important that we are balancing that out with content that is light and funny. So I would say, even though a new episode or a new season of Ozarks is about to launch, if you find those types of shows, Narcos, Ozarks, anything that is like a thriller to evoke anxiety or fear within you, do not watch them at this time. Your system needs light, funny, easy shows. Try Love is Blind. I watched that this week and it did the trick. (laughs) So really being mindful of the type of shows, the type of podcasts, the type of movies that you are watching right now. Number four piggybacks on that, which is to take media breaks. If we're checking our phone every two minutes and we're seeing news about, you know, the number of deaths from the virus and this and that, of course it's going to increase your anxiety. So I would recommend charging your phone at night in a room that is different than your bedroom. This is going to prevent you from scrolling on your phone until the moment you fall asleep and it will ensure that you don't pick up your phone right away when you wake up in the morning. So it's already creating some boundaries with your phone use. I'm also going to suggest that you do a power hour where you don't have your device with you. Go tuck it away in a different room, put it in a bag, and you don't take it out for a full hour. And in that hour, you can do whatever you want, but you're not looking at the news. You're not checking Instagram. You're not even text messaging back and forth with somebody. 
The third thing is to turn off notifications on your phone. So when we're hypersensitive to what's happening in the media, when that text message goes off or when you get the Instagram notification, you're going to be even more susceptible to grabbing your phone to check it and then most likely checking all of your emails and responding back and blah, 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 blah. You know how it goes. So turn your notifications off your phone so you can make a more conscious decision as to when you're going to check it and you're not at the mercy of these addictive notifications pulling you back in even when you're not needing it. Number five is to get into nature. Get into nature. I know this is tricky right now. We're supposed to be inside and we really, really need to be taking that seriously. So depending on whether you're in a dense city where there's lots of people outside and you really do need to stay home, or if you're somewhere like I am in Whistler where you can go for an hour walk and maybe see one other person, you're going to have to play this one by ear. But if you live in a house and you have a garden, can you get out there and pull some weeds? Can you go sit on your porch if you're in an apartment with one and just look at the flowers or observe nature, breathe in the fresh air, look at the clouds? Getting into nature reminds us that there is something way bigger out there than us and our problems just seem to dissipate as we move and connect with the world around us. Number seven is to cut out coffee and alcohol. (laughs) I'm wincing as I say this because I know some of you are not going to want to hear it. But if you're being honest with yourself, coffee is a stimulant. It is a huge driver of anxiety for so many people. I especially recognize this with myself. And so I don't drink coffee anymore. I will maybe have two or three of them in an entire year. And instead, I replaced it with Earl Grey tea, which has a much lower amount of caffeine, so I don't get the headaches, but I'm still getting a warm, cozy drink every morning. And then I've become obsessed with making other yummy drinks, a lot of things, an amazing selection of blends from David's Tea. I love kombucha. I'm obsessed with ginger beer. I get this like spicy jalapeno ginger beer that I'll have in the evening when I'm making dinner to replace my wine. So wine and beer and alcohol are at the other end of the spectrum. These things can make you feel good in the moment and kind of numb away the anxiety, but they're a depressant. So almost always, even if you have one drink, you're going to wake up in the morning and be more susceptible to more anxiety. So in this moment of time, even though they might give you reprieve from those feelings, they're actually exacerbating them. They're actually making them bigger in the long run. If you really want to tackle your anxiety, I would highly recommend pressing pause on the coffee and the alcohol and being honest with yourself about what is more important. Is it more important to feel good for an hour or two after having that drink or is it more important to feel good for the other 22 hours of the day? I know it's not easy. (laughs) I know it's hard when we live in a society that glamorizes alcohol and when it's such a huge part of our day. But maybe while you're in self-isolation and there aren't so many social events, it's the perfect time to experiment with this. Number eight is to make sleep sacred. I can't stress this one enough. Sleep is so vital in helping you manage your anxiety. So a couple of things to support your sleep ritual. Limit screen time before bed. Put your phone away an hour before you're going to sleep. 
Create a bedtime routine that's going to help you transition into a more calm space so that you can sleep. If you're reading the news and all about the virus and everything that's happening in the world up until the point where you close your eyes, of course it's going to be harder to fall asleep. So create a routine where your phone is away, you've dimmed the lights, maybe you wash your face and very mindfully go through your nighttime routine. So really noticing the smell of the face wash that you're using, notice the temperature of the water, maybe put on some beautiful lotion that smells good, rub on some essential oils. It's known that if you take a warm bath or a shower before bed, that can help you to fall asleep. And making sure that your room is at the right temperature. So you don't want it to be too hot or too cold. You could also use an app to put on some white noise or a meditation to help soothe you. Only do that if you are not going to put it on and then start scrolling again, right? You might also find that in this moment when things are a bit more high stress that you're more tired than normal and that's okay. If you're more tired than normal and you need a little bit more sleep, try to get into bed a bit earlier than you're used to. Start by lowering your bedtime by about 15-minute increments to make it easy and adjust according to what your body needs in this moment. For those of you who aren't out there going to work right now and who are home, if you can during the day and you need to, take a little nap. I know that as adults, there is this stigma around individuals who take naps, but if you can take a 17-minute nap, 17-minute NASA nap, you can look that up, or if you can take a one-hour nap, by all means, do it. I know I was coaching somebody this week who said, I feel so guilty taking a nap when there are people out there working 18-hour days. And my response to that is this. If we all deplete ourselves, if we all try and stay up 24 hours a day, and if we all are anxious and not able to think logically, we will not be able to get out of this. We need everyone to be showing up at their highest capacity. So if you have the luxury of being home right now and of taking a nap, do it. Because once we're through this and those frontline workers have been maxed out, they are going to need you to show up with a full tank ready to carry us into the next phase. It doesn't make sense for all of us to deplete ourselves and for all of us to exert ourselves and for all of us to give everything we have in this moment. We have to take care of ourselves so that we can show up as our best self for others when they need us. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, 
country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash raw beauty talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Number nine is to practice mindfulness. So whenever we're feeling anxious, it's usually because we are perceiving some threat in the future. We are living in the future. Whenever we're feeling depression, it's often because we are living in the past. We're worried about something that happened in the past. So practicing mindfulness allows us to really center into the present moment where for the most part, we're usually in a place of safety. So when you start to notice your anxiety going up, you're not breathing great, you're maybe not feeling well, whatever you're doing, I want you to go through your five senses to really ground you into the present moment. I want you to notice what it is that you're seeing in the room. Are there any shadows? Are there flecks of light bouncing off the dust in the room? What colors are around you? Notice how your feet feel on the floor. Notice how your bum feels in the chair. How does your body feel in this current moment? Is there any pain, any tension? Notice what you hear. Is there a humming of a fridge or closing of the door? Can you hear your kids in the background? What do you feel with your hands? What do you smell in this moment? And notice what thoughts are passing through your mind. Are they empowering thoughts or are they limiting beliefs? And can you, instead of connecting to those thoughts, connect to your breath? Connect back to your breath in the current moment. So to practice mindfulness in a really simple way, go through your five senses to ground you back into the present moment. Number 10 is to give gratitude. Gratitude is the antidote to feelings of anxiety or hopelessness or despair or fear. Gratitude reminds us of what we have in this moment. And even though there is so much tragedy and hardship and fear right now, there is still so much that we can be grateful for. 
So I want you to take a moment, perhaps every single day, to give gratitude for as many things as you can think of. You can either write it out, you can say it in your head, you can speak it to your partner. I love doing gratitudes with my kids. It's part of our bedtime routine. And we just go through all the things that we are grateful for in this moment. It allows us to really turn our attention to all the good in the world and all the opportunities as well that are in front of us in this moment. It doesn't take away from the pain that people are feeling. It doesn't take away from the hardship. It doesn't take away from any of that stuff. It simply allows us to make space for both the good and the bad in this moment. Okay, and then one more thing I want to add. It's not part of my 10 list, but I'm going off the cuff here because I want to talk about this quickly. Another tool that can be used if your anxiety is starting to feel quite severe is medication. I want to talk about this because I feel like so often there's this perception that either you're using the tools and you're taking more of an Eastern approach or you're just being lazy and you're taking the medication and you've gone the Western route. I personally believe that in some cases, we need both the Eastern and the Western approach. We need to be using the meditation and the medication. We need to be digging into the tools, and one of our tools is medication. And I can speak to this because there have been two times in my life when I have gotten to a point where my anxiety was so extreme that I decided to go on medication. And I understand how difficult it can be for people because I felt the struggle around accepting that I was going to be going on medication. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm still on it right now. And before the whole COVID crisis happened, I was starting to have conversations with my doctor and my therapist about weaning off because I was feeling so good. However, I am not going to wean off in this exact moment because I know that I am so prone to anxiety and this is the type of situation where perhaps using all of these tools that I've just recommended wouldn't be enough to allow me to show up in the way that I need to show up for my family, for myself, and for all of you. So I want to talk about medication, not from the perspective of a doctor. I cannot prescribe this to anyone. Each of you have your own life and your own situation, but rather to reduce the stigma around it. If it's something that you need in this moment to support you through this time, it does not make you less than. I also don't think it's a free pass where you get to do that and forget about all these other tools. I don't drink coffee. I have had one glass of wine since the whole COVID conversation started. My sleep is still sacred. I practice mindfulness. I'm cautious with my media consumption, although there were a couple days when it was a little out of control. I connect to my breath. So I use all the tools and the medication to support me through it. And it does not make me weak or a bad person. I am genetically predispositioned to have a certain chemical balance, and I know that I won't need it forever, but in certain times of my life, I really do. So I want to finish off with that. I'm not adding it specifically to the list, but I really want to speak to it because I know that there are a lot of people who are on medication that don't feel like they can talk about it, who feel like there is something wrong with them because they're on it. 
My husband has Crohn's and he takes medication for that. I have friends who have diabetes and they take medication for that. If somebody I loved broke their arm, I hope they would put a cast on it, (laughs) right? And yet we don't necessarily feel the same way about mental health. So wherever you're at, try these 10 tools first, but always know that there's a little bit more help out there if you should need it. If you have any questions, please feel free to send me a DM over at rawbeautytalks.com. As always, if you think this episode would help somebody that you know, please send it on to them. And if you have a moment while you're in self-isolation and you could leave a five-star review for us over on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. I've taken these 10 tips and I've turned them into a free PDF for you that you can download in the show notes so that you have them with you. Always remember that you are bigger than your anxiety. And if you are feeling anxious in this moment, it does not make you weak or less than. It's simply your body asking for more of your presence. See you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.